to the Preston Crest Church of Christ, early service. It looks like it's early and it's cold and we're not all here yet. Uh, my name is Brian Pruitt. I'm one of the elders here at Preston Crest and on behalf of the eldership, we want to uh, welcome you, let you know that we're delighted that you've joined us. Uh, whether you are visiting or whether you are a regular member, uh, we're thrilled you're here. If you are a visitor, we hope that you will take one of the cards in the rack in front of you and that you'll fill that out and take it to our welcome center out in the foyer where we have a first-time visitor's gift for you and we also hope that you will stay around after our service attend one of our bible classes we have about 23 or 4 hope that you find one that you will um, uh, enjoy and benefit from and uh, allow us to get to know you a little better if you have not yet, we will remind you to check in with the, uh, with the system and the slide that's uh, up right now. If you'll text check in to that number, you will uh, get a link to the bulletin if you want an electronic bulletin in our format. It also lets us know that you're on the campus in case of any emergency. We want to point out that, that our Young adults, our Discover Young Adult class had a wonderful retreat um, last weekend at Lake Levon. Uh, almost 40 of our young adults attended this overnight retreat. Uh, they had uh, a, a speaker, devotional thoughts that centered around handling stress and anxiety uh, in a Christian manner. You can see some of those uh, photos now. 
They also had a bonfire with a bunch of s'mores and a lot of singing and uh, a great time of, of spiritual formation together. We want to thank uh, Jacob Hawk for leading this valuable ministry. As we begin our worship this morning, let's go to the Father in prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, we come before you this morning always acknowledging that you are all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. We are continually, Father, humbled that you, the one who created all of us and this entire material world, allows us to call you our Father and to come before you in prayer. As we enter this season of Thanksgiving, as our families and our ancestors have done for centuries, Father, we are indeed grateful. Help us to individually count our many blessings, naming them one by one. We are grateful, Lord, for the blessings that you pour out upon us in great abundance. We thank you for all of these blessings, for our families, our friends, our health, our food, our clean water, our warm homes, our jobs, our church family here at Preston Crest. Above all, we thank you for sending Jesus down to this earth to sinful man that we might obtain forgiveness of our sin and have the hope of eternal life with you in heaven for all eternity. Father, we have many, many members of our church family that are suffering right now, and we ask your blessings on them. There are those suffering from cancer, from injuries, from chronic pain, from dementia, and other severe medical problems. And we ask you to reach down to each one of them and to comfort them in their affliction and to heal them and relieve their pain and suffering. We ask that you would restore their health. Father, we believe in the power of prayer and in your power to heal. We ask this morning, Father, that you would be with those who are suffering due to the severe tornadoes and hurricanes and other severe weather-related uh, activities around our country. We, we thank you for the opportunity for this congregation to participate and to help many of those in need. There are so many, Father, who need your help, and we know that you alone know who some of these individuals are and that you have the capacity to help so many in need. Father, we ask that you would bring peace to our world. We ask that you would bring peace to Ukraine and Eastern Europe and other conflicts all around the world. Give protection and comfort and healing to all those people impacted by these conflicts, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, as so many people travel this week, college students, uh, families to see loved ones, so many others, we pray, Father, for safe travels, for your protections on the roads and in the sky. As we here at Preston Crest endeavor to be simply New Testament Christians, Father. We pray that as we continue our worship this morning, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart and the worship before you today will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Our call to worship this morning from the book of Psalm, chapter 35 and verse 18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. 
angry words oh let them never from the tongue This arrangement starts with the ladies, and then we'll stack in the guys uh, on the second and third verse. All right, here we go. I'm pressing Oh, I am 
continue with our worship. We're entering into our communion time now, and uh, Patrick Sutton's going to lead us around the bread and the cup. We're going to sing one more song as we, as we enter into this time. Lay
morning. So I, I never come to the 8 o'clock service, so I just... Uh, my wife is the director of children's ministry, and um, I get to help her, and basically I just do what she tells me to do, really. But um, I never want to miss a chance to tell you all how great, you, how great your kids are. And, you know, thank you for bringing them here every Sunday. They're, um, to spend time with them really is, the, really is the highlight of my week, really. Um, so I used to stutter quite a lot as a kid, I don't know if I didn't eat, I, did, I didn't eat my vegetables or something. I'm not sure what caused it, but, um, and I got it pretty well fixed, except for a couple of situations. Um, 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 Subway is hard for me. There's, there's a lot of back and forth. People, uh, people are in a hurry, and, and I really want turkey for my sandwich, and I just, as hard as I try, I can't, I just freeze up, and the only thing I can get out is, is ham, and I... I, I don't even like ham, uh, ham that much. But and John Scott would scare me. I bet he's he's wondering what I'm going to say next. But um, we used to say, "Why don't we introduce ourselves to our neighbors on our pew?" Which is which is great. Um, but I have a hard time saying my name when somebody's like staring right at me, and so I I try not to stammer my name, but. Sometimes I stammer it out, and, and the people I'm talking to will hear, will hear, will hear Pat Patrick. That's a that's a great name, and and my name my name is Patrick, and I'll stammer on it, and they'll say you don't you, you don't hear you don't hear Pat Patrick a whole lot. So so if you know me as as Pat Patrick, I just want to say I'm sorry. I just. Uh, and I say all these because I know I have issues. I know I have failures beyond just being able to speak. And I, I know I need to be perfect to stand before the Father. And I'm not. We, we look at things on our phones that we know are not good. How many loved ones have we hurt with the words that have, that, that have, that have, that have, that have come out of our mouth? When we know we should have done something, and we chose to do, we chose to do nothing. See, d- deep down, I know I need a savior. But a loving Father sent His only Son to seek and to save the lost. He walked on water. He gave sight to the blind. Crippled beggars crying out, "Have mercy on me!" Were able to stand and walk. At a tomb with a grieving Mary and Martha, He told His dear friend Lazarus to rise, and to, to rise and come out. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And full of compassion, the answer was, I am willing. Jesus was beautiful and perfect in every way, yet chose to carry our ugly sins to a bloody bloody fly-covered cross. He died refusing to let go of our sins, refusing to let go of me and you. For me, there's no better place than right here, than right now, to remember the price paid, so we can be, so we can be perfect, so we can be perfect by, so we can be perfect by Him. Let's let's pray for the bread, please. As we take this bread to represent the broken body of Christ, we are thankful for so many things. Thankful that we live in the greatest country on earth. Thankful that a lone soldier stands at a post so we can be free to come here to worship. 
that a God cares to hear me and, and, knows, and knows me by name. In all our circumstances, let us give thanks that Jesus' love and grace never ends. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's pray for the cup. Father, we live in a fallen world of anger, entitlement, and, 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 and me first. We, we're all sinners and deserve a harsh sentence. As we take this cup, let us remember the man on the cross full of love and sacrifice, taking our place with, 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 blood, with blood flowing down. Let us live a life well lived, so one day we can just we can just we can just say we can just say thank you. In His name we pray. Amen.
Well, church, if you came prepared to give this morning, a couple of ways you can do that right now. You can drop uh, 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 your offering in the box in the middle of the foyer when uh, our time together here is concluded, or you can give online, and I know so many of you are already doing that. However you choose to give, thank you for helping continue God's work in this place. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful. We are thankful. We're thankful for your son. Your son who gave. And as a nation, we celebrate with a national holiday called Thanksgiving. And we are thankful for this country. We're thankful for the freedoms that we enjoy. But Father, more than that, I pray that our nation is thankful. I pray that our nation becomes more thankful for you and for your son. Bless us as we give. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, Patrick, you made me cry. And he's not even here anymore. He walked out. But that doesn't mean anything. I cried at an episode of Leave It to Beaver last week. So, but... <laughs> Hey, we've got a bake sale going on in the foyer, and this helps to offset <clears throat> youth group missions. This will help offset their cost for that. So please stop by the table. Everything is $10, and what a perfect time to buy some cookies or a pie or a cake, or in Brent, our security guard's case, several pies and cakes. I, I, well, yeah. Also, we're, adopt, we're starting the adoption uh, for our toy drive this year. This QR code that's on the, on the wall behind me, you can, if you get your camera out real quick, you can, that'll take you to the link right now. You can also go to the link, you know, when you checked in this morning, you type check in. If you type toys, that'll also take you to the link. So lots of ways. It's also accessible through our website, but... Uh, you can sign up. All of our adoptions are online. You'll be able to see how many children are in each family. You click on it, you adopt them, and it'll give you all the information so you can start that. The toy bags are due back December 11th. December 11th. We need all of those bags back, all those adopted families. I've got over 200 families again this year. Most of them are the refugee families from Wallace Elementary. We had a great time this past Friday with our giving uh, Thanksgiving food away. Thank you, church, for bringing your bags back, for helping us buy turkeys for these families. So thank you. We had a whole bunch of people helping us unload turkeys and giving away the food. So thank you to those of you who helped as well. Let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. I have said enough. We'll sing one more, and then Gordon's going to come share with us. For all that you've done, I will thank you. For all that you're going to do. For all that you promised, and all that you are. It's all that has carried me through. Jesus, I thank you. And I thank you. Thank you.
That's a good Thanksgiving song right there. Well, I don't know about you guys. I was kind of, well, obviously saddened, but also surprised when I got that email about Susie Catchings passing away this past week. And so we just want to be in prayer for Tom and for the family. What an amazing warrior for Jesus Susie was. And I mean, bless this church, she and Tom, and many others that they've been a part of over the years. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say before we launch in this morning, uh, so we got a double header today. I mean, we've always got two services on Sunday morning, for a, but for a true double header, you got to have you got to have two different pictures. So we got Jacob Hawk at second service uh, preaching about Thanksgiving. So stick around. Enjoy the whole, your ticket gets you into both services this morning. So be here for second service. Let's jump right in. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm very excited about the message this morning. uh, And I hope God speaks to you through this message. For though we walk in the flesh... We are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments. We take every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. I came across a, a survey a while back of Americans, and they just asked, okay, people on the street, if there was something you could change about yourself, what would it be? And, and many of the, a, the answers were surprisingly cosmetic, for me at least, superficial, you know, uh, lose weight, better hair, uh, I don't know, things, like, things of that nature, a nose, a different nose, you know, things that you could maybe even correct with cosmetic surgery or something. And, and I thought, okay, that's fine. It's fine for us to look in the mirror and say, I wouldn't mind having a different this or changing up this. But I think there are things for all of us that are a little deeper, that are below the surface, that we would like to change, and these are, are more difficult uh, to change. It's, these are spiritual issues. These are uh, issues in terms of our thinking and habits that we've developed over time. And, and many of us have attempted to change things, habits, addictions, or things like that. And we found it to be so hard, maybe even impossible, that we have kind of thrown in the towel or thought, well, I'll wait, I'll wait until later down the road. And so we'll leave the uh, surface level stuff to the beauty consultants and the plastic surgeons. Uh, But we want to talk about attitudes. We want to talk about behaviors. We want to talk about habits, ruts that we get into. And Paul calls these strongholds, okay? Strongholds. It is a position that is dug in. It is a castle with a moat around it. Strongholds. They are entrenched. They are difficult to overthrow. I believe the Spirit of God is interested in our strongholds and in seeing us knock them down, destroy them would be the language of Paul, because the Spirit of God wants to change us into the image of Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about these things, and we're going to look to God for help. Uh, Remember what Paul said, though, about the new standing that we have. If you are a believer, this is your standing in Christ. He said this in Galatians 5.1, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore do not 
submit again to a yoke of slavery. You were there, don't go back there, Paul says. And so with the Galatians, the yoke of slavery had to do with uh, a, a, a regulation-based righteousness, right? A rule-based faith or, or religious orientation. And so the reality for them was they, they were sliding back into that. Jesus had rescued them by his grace. He had saved them not by their own work, but by his, the work on the cross. And then they kind of slid back into what they, they knew, this yoke of slavery, this, this regulation-based righteousness. Now, for us, it's, it, it may be something different. It probably is something different. It could be a lie that you have believed for so long that, that it, just rooting that out is going to be tough. It's a stronghold. It may be an, an attitude that, that you need to dislodge, but it's, it's been in there for years. It may be a bad habit or behavior that you just are not quite able to break, uh, to, to break out of. And, and, and Paul says in Galatians 5.1, uh, this, this strong thing, this, this true thing that if you're in Christ, you're free. Don't surrender that freedom. And so we should, back to our text in 2 Corinthians 10, we should destroy strongholds with the power of Christ, with divine power. Um, the Proverbs often paint such a, a vivid image, you know, high-death image of, of different sins, of different behaviors. And I love the way the writer describes uh, how people become captives of their sins. In Proverbs 5, he says, the evil man, listen to this, the evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are, they are ropes that catch and, and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. There's just this entanglement that has happened. And he's more and more bound up by his own choices, his own decisions, his own sins. And so there are these sinful habits and, and sinful strongholds that we get locked into. They restrict, they confine, they hold us back from, from who we are meant to be in Christ. And there are things that I want to see change in myself. I want to see change in, in you so that we can be remade into the likeness of Jesus um, and be free and strong a blessing to our neighbors and our families and, and the world. So how do we escape from strongholds? How do we jump out of these ruts that we've been digging over years? Uh, many of us have spent decades, it's been a long time, creating these ruts, getting them deeper and deeper. Um, and every attempt to kind of jump out, every attempt to deal with it uh, just results in frustration so there can be some give up there. Is freedom, I mean, is it even possible? And if so, how do I pull this off? Well, for some who are trapped in a behavior, an addiction, a way of thinking, a way of acting, trying to change can kind of feel like trying to turn a cruise ship with a rowboat oar. 
It can be like taking a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle and trying to put it together with, with mittens on. It, it's like, how do I do that? And the most important thing, and this is where I want to start and, and where I want to finish really uh, this morning, is the most important thing is remember, remembering it's not up to you. The freedom that you have is freedom in Christ. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. Um, there, now, there's an in, you have a role to play. There's an intentionality required. You're going to have to put some sweat equity into this. At the same time, your freedom is not something you generate. It is something Jesus gave you. So the lion's share of the workload will be done by the lion of Judah, will be done by Jesus himself. I love this story. Um, some of you will recognize the name Stacy King. He was a Sooner, played basketball. Then he went to the NBA, got drafted uh, by the Chicago Bulls, played there on a team with someone you may have heard of named Michael Jordan. All right. Uh, anyway, his rookie year, Jordan was already doing well and doing great Jordan-like things on the team. And, and he had this, he, and one night in Stacy King's rookie season, uh, he had gotten some playing time and everything. And it was a night where Michael Jordan had scored 69 points in a game, which, by the way, half of that would be a fantastic game. Half of that for an NBA player. Scored 69 points. After the game, a reporter came up to Stacy King in his locker and said, um, uh, what are your impressions of the game tonight? And Stacy King said, I will always remember this night as the night Michael Jordan and I combined to score 70 points. <laughs> Love that answer. <laughs> I mean, King pointed out, hey, I played my heart out. I did my best. The real firepower came from Jordan, came from the superstar on the team. Look, you're not the superstar, okay? It's Jesus. You're not in it alone. You don't break free from strongholds on your own. You are in Christ and his game-changing power is at work in you. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power, not yours. Divine power is at work within you. So Paul's going to give us some things that we need to be aware of, that we need to do for our part to smash strongholds. But we remember it's, it's Jesus' power at work in us. So, if you're, by the way, if you're living as a believer in total reliance on what you are able to do or accomplish, you are really, really missing out. Um, it's called faith. It's, it's trusting in the Lord, not just for your salvation. You know, I did that on the day I was baptized. It's your whole life. It's a life of faith, Right? And Paul actually gives a pop quiz to the Corinthians in another place. He says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, Examine yourselves. Look in the mirror. Do some introspection here. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So that little test that he puts to the folks in Corinth, do you know that you are in Christ? Do you live like that? Or do you live like it's up to you? 
Or do you live like Jesus saved you and now Jesus is done with you until you meet again in eternity? Do you have faith? If not, you're going to fail when it comes to strongholds in life. If you think it's up to you, if you think you've got to change by your own power, by your own discipline, good luck with that. And so the statement made by Paul, it's basically a tautology. Here's a fancy word. Something that is just true by definition. Um, faith means you believe in Jesus. I mean, that's, that's what faith is. Um, what else could it mean? So he's asking these believers, are you really believers? These people of faith, are you really? Test yourself. Examine yourself. But many of us, struggle and we live like the transformation is a hundred percent up to us. The, the, the final scoreboard, it, it's up to us. But we need the Stacey King mindset. We need that mindset. Get in the game, go all in, do your part, and then leave it to Jesus to handle what you can't handle. We don't want to undersell his role. He's the star. He's the one we're counting on. Uh, but we do want to talk this morning about our role. What do we need to do in the battle against strongholds? And Paul got on the Corinthians. Just remember, he got on them for ignoring the role of Christ in their lives, for not living by faith. Um, and he called them, by the way, he had a lot of strong things to say to the Corinthian church. One thing was in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. He called them, because they were trying to live by the flesh... In other words, by themselves and their work, instead of by the Spirit, he called them mere spiritual infants. He said, grow up. I mean, you're saved. Jesus said, now grow up. And don't live as an end, trusting in yourself, trusting in your own work. And so we do have work to do in breaking free from strongholds in our lives, but we're not going to be totally on our own. We got Jesus, right? Um, so let's uh, talk about that. To break free from strongholds, we need, we need the power of Christ. And Paul talks about that in that passage, verse 4. So Christ is among us, his church. Christ is in us through his spirit. We are in Christ. That phrase is used all over the New Testament. Um, trust it. Pass the faith test. Rely on Jesus in your day-to-day. -day. And just to be clear, when real change happens, when, when you do break free and you do experience transformation, um, you didn't make it happen, right? Um, at least not on your own, uh, not even close. It's the power of Christ working in you, working in us. And that's one of the reasons we gather to worship and to give thanks and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing among us, among your people. Last week, I got to connect with a former member here, Jack Patterson. Uh, some of you guys remember Jack and his family. They lived here until his, quite a few years ago, maybe a dozen years ago or so. They moved off to Colorado. Um, but I asked him to share, you know, he and Suzanne have been gone for a while. And I asked, hey, just share um, a little bit, if you would, with me about your journey from drug addiction to freedom. And here's what he wrote. And by the way, he said, share my name. He said, I'm, this is my story. Share my name. So Jack Patterson shared this. He said, for years, my addiction to opiates was a stronghold in my life because of my reliance on willpower, self. The answer was in front of me all along. 
my higher power, he says, Jesus Christ was the true path to peace and freedom. Once I surrendered to God's will and placed him first, God was able to work a miracle in me that I wasn't able to after hundreds of tries over seven years. By the grace of God, I've been sober from opiates since April 27, 2010. I'm even more thankful to Christ for using me to reach the lives of others. Praise God, he said. And I am so glad that Jack, my friend, has discovered the power of Christ to demolish strongholds in his life. Here's something else we need to recognize. There's some language that Paul uses here. Anyway, when we're facing strongholds, this is war. He uses this word for war, strateus, the Greek word. This is war. Um, Strongholds are serious. I mean, Paul uses the language of warfare when it comes to us as believers breaking free from habits and behaviors and sins of the past, toxic thinking, entrenched um, addictions. There's war going on, Paul says. So that, that word strateus, it's warfare or it is military service, right? Um, and I don't know about you, but if I'm saying yes to something, like if I'm going to take something on, I want to know what I'm in for right? Give me some idea. And Paul is clear, this is going to be tough. This is going to be hard. If you're taking on a stronghold, it is, it is war. You're talking about things that are entrenched. You've spent years getting yourself into this mess. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to take time. We don't want to underestimate that. And this week, I was thinking about this, and my mind went back to February 20. I just thought about Putin and Russia, you know, remember what happened? And, and it was a special military operation. And you can Google this. Uh, out of the Kremlin and Kremlin sources, they said this will take a couple of weeks, right? Or some of them said it'll take a few days. You know, we're just going to overrun the country there. Well, not so much, you know, not so much. It, it, it's turned into a war. There was a drastic underestimation of the enemy, and so I think that's what Paul is doing, getting our attention. Hey, you got Jesus, you, you got this, but this, this is a war, this is a strateus. So destroying strongholds, it takes commitment, it takes a recognition. I have an enemy. I mean, Satan, that name literally means adversary accuser. Satan, you have an adversary, you have an accuser. These are all features of your, of your war, of your battle, and he will do anything to keep you from growing to be like Jesus. He will keep anything, he will do anything to keep those strongholds intact, to keep the drawbridge up. He wants to destroy our faith, he wants to see God's people move back under the yoke of slavery, back into captivity. And strateus, you know, we get our word in English, uh, probably no surprise, strategy. Um, The enemy is strategizing. He's looking for weaknesses, prowls around like a roaring lion. So where is the battlefield? This is an interesting thing. Where, if if it's a war, where is the battlefield? Where is this being fought? It's being fought right here. It's being fought in your mind, in that three pounds of gray matter between your ears. It's being thought, fought in your thinking. Paul says in verse 5, he says, the battle is happening in our opinions, in our knowledge, 
and in our thoughts. All of it is, is happening up here. So that real estate that you are fighting for is your thinking, your patterns of, 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 of reasoning. Um, to be clear, like if you're struggling with an addiction or a destructive habit, um, just like if it's a war, if that's what it is, if Paul is right, you need to use every weapon at your disposal. Pull out all the stops, like confession. I mean, you talk about a powerful tool, a powerful way to disarm. When you've got a secret, it's strong. When you confess it, it becomes much, much weaker. Um, Maybe you're using a 12-step program or recovery or rehab or something like that. There are a lot of tools out there that can help. If it's war, you go all in. And it's a war, it is, for your faith, for your family, for your future. And when you recognize that, you are willing to do what it takes. Pull out all the stops. But again, Paul wants us to know the battlefield, it's, it's in your thinking. Um, that's where strongholds get established. So here's where Paul takes us. We understand that we're not alone we understand that his divine power is at work within us. Jesus is working in us. We understand that it's war. It's not something we can ignore or downplay because there are fatalities in war. There are huge consequences if you simply ignore it. And then we realize that victory comes as we conform our thinking with divine truth. This is the big idea this morning. And what you do, what is your part? What are you contributing in this game, victory comes as you conform your thinking to divine truth. We're talking about Scripture. We're talking about the Word of God. What is true? What is real? Uh, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we got to be honest. We have sin issues. We have sin struggles. You do, I do. Your Savior knows that you do. Satan certainly knows that you do. Uh, and if, if you understand that, um, and you understand that Satan is an accuser, by, name, by definition, that's what his name means, you also understand while Satan and, and your Savior both know you are a sinner, Satan wants to rub your sin in. Jesus wants to rub your sin out. Pretty big difference, right? Um, and since his death, burial, and resurrection has already happened in history, it's already occurred, um, accomplishment of the forgiveness of sins has been attained. We fight from victory, not for victory. We are already victorious. We've been proclaimed that in Jesus. So we fight from this strong place of faith in Jesus. Now here's the paradox. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. To be free, I need to take myself captive or at least take my thinking captive. Wait, free, captive? What? What's going on here? Like captivity and freedom, they do go together. Freedom, unrestrained, freedom without limits, leads to enslavement, leads back to the yoke of slavery, leads to death. 
Some of you probably have goldfish. <laughs> your little goldfish in your little fish tank or your aquarium at home. I wonder if that little guy looks sometimes outside the, that little tank that he's stuck in and what a huge, expansive world out there, that living room or wherever. What if I just jump over this wall and I can enter into all of that? He's certainly free to do that, I guess, if he can get the strength to hop that, that wall of your fish tank. But if he did, it's game over. If he did, he's, he's a dead little fish, right? <laughs> I mean, he would realize too late that the very leaping out of that confinement was a leaping from the place that gave him life, right? I mean, he doesn't realize it will be leaping out of that place that's perfect for him, optimal goldfish living. It's inside the tank. It's not out here in the air. It's certainly not in the water with the bigger fish that are going to eat him. And our optimal living, folks, our freedom, it's in the confines of who we are in Jesus Christ. Our optimal living is choosing to live in the gospel. That's where we as human beings flourish. That's where we thrive. That's where we grow. And so it's there when we line our thoughts up with the truths of God's Word, it's there that we break free. So read the Bible. Read the Bible. Gather with your church family where you're going to hear the Word of God preached in your Bible class where you're going to interact with the Word of God together. Um, we turn our thoughts to God's truth. We take our thoughts ca captive and say, you belong to Christ. You're going to think Christ truths. And then strongholds begin to fall apart. Look, we are free people. We are free to forgive. Or we're free to hold a grudge. One of those leads to more freedom. One of those leads to a yoke of slavery. We are free to be generous, to make that choice. We are free to be greedy and self-centered. One of those leads to more freedom, more expansive flourishing. One of them leads to confinement and smallness of life. Now, take every thought captive can sound a little bit overwhelming. There, there's a lot of thoughts in here. Take every thought captive. But I like the way we got a singular there. Every, verse 5, every thought like, if you, can, if you can just capture one thought, if it's the right thought, if it's a big one that underpins other things, if you can take one thought captive, amazing things can begin to happen. A ripple effect can begin to happen. So, I would challenge you. You know, Paul is talking about examining ourselves this morning. Find that toxic thought. Find that, that lie that you have believed in for years and replace it with the truth. Jenny Allen wrote this. 
good little book about toxic thinking. She wrote, what do we do? We confront our thoughts. We tear down strongholds by the power of God. We figure out if we are believing something untrue or unreal about God or ourselves. And we go to battle there. So I want to finish this morning. I want to finish by, with a little starter pack of truths as we close out quickly. If one of these lies is a stronghold for you, replace it with some truth that we're going to look at right now. Here's a lie. I'm on my own. I'm a spiritual orphan. If it's up to be, if it's to be, it's up to me. Uh, I, I have to do it on my own or else I'm just going to keep repeating the failures and probably that's what I'm going to do because that's what I've been doing. Here's the truth. That's a lie. Here's the truth. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, check this out, Paul said. The new has come. All this is from God. That's what's true. Don't believe the other stuff that you're stuck, you're destined to repeat your failures, that it's all up to you. Don't believe that. That's a lie. Believe this. You are a new creation. Here's a lie. I am unlovable. I am unloved. That's right out of the pit of hell. I mean, you think about Jesus dying on the cross for you. You think about, for God so loved. You think about that. What a hideous lie that many people believe. 1 John 3, 1, see, open your eyes to what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we, that you, should be called children of God. And I love that line. And so we are. Here's a lie. My sins define me. Everyone here, everyone watching online, we have sin struggles in our lives. The lie is my sins define me. The truth is for our sake, he made him, he made Jesus. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You are holy. You are without blemish. Because of the cross, you now are the righteousness of God. You struggle with sin. Holy Spirit's going to help you with that. You struggle with sin. That's why Paul is talking to people about how to deal with strongholds in their lives. But that's not who you are. Look, I hope you'll take time to be present with yourself, with your thoughts. Uh, consider strongholds of to toxic thinking in your life that are holding you captive. And take those thoughts captive and bring them into obedience to Jesus Christ. And Holy Spirit, I just pray for us that the Holy Spirit will reveal these strongholds. Because some of them may be hidden. Some of these lies, we may not even realize they're lies. We may not even realize we believe certain things. Holy Spirit, reveal those to us in the name of Jesus. Bring them down and replace them with the truth of the gospel. This morning, if you need to put on Christ, we would love to help you with that. Be baptized into Jesus. Confess your faith in Jesus. Maybe you need the prayers of this church. We'd love to pray over you. Pray with somebody around you. Come and pray with me or one of our shepherds. Maybe you want to know about, more about being a member of this church, being part of our family here at Preston Crest. Whatever you need to do, it's between you and the Lord. 
let's worship him and let's give thanks as we stand together. Over all the earth, you reign on high, every mountain stream, every sunset sky, but my one request, Lord, my only aim, is that you reign. Scott. Thank you, Gordon, uh, for our worship service this morning. Thank you for being here. We uh, hope again that you will join us in one of our Bible classes as soon as this service uh, is dismissed. We want to remind you of two things. One is that we have a new deacon installation service coming on December the 11th. That will be one service only. We're going to have a, a special service Sunday, December the 11th, if you want to put that in your, in your calendar. In addition, we want to remind you about our evangelism conference coming uh, in February, uh, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Um, we want to highlight a different feature of that every week, and the, want to point out this week that on Saturday, February the 4th, one of the tracks will be on redemption and salvation, specifically how to teach others about baptism, about the Word of God, how to begin and close a Bible study. Uh, there's a class on evangelism outside the Bible Belt, uh, the power of the cross. All of these classes are geared to help us share the gospel with friends, neighbors, and coworkers. God continues to bless us with registrations from all over the country, but we need you, we need Preston Crest to register and attend this uh, event. Remember, this is for everyone, all of us, to, to become more confident in sharing our faith. Uh, hope that you will register today on the church website. Uh, child care and meals are provided with registration. Uh, mark it on your calendar, if you will. As we close today, our take-home verse comes from 2 Peter, uh, the first chapter. Let's read together verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life 
and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. May God bless you this Thanksgiving week.